0: I think coming out with your
1: sexuality um, is great practice, for coming out with your gender identity.
2: You can't magically change your gender. You can't magically change your sex. You
0: can't magically... All right, have, Remember the last time you saw somebody you couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman, really? Why do we have to know?
1: What even is gender? she, he, they, them, theirs, ze, them, zer The way we want to be perceived and are perceived don't always align. So today on Hash It Out, Busting the Binary Identity.
3: Welcome back to Hash It Out! This week we will discuss what it means to be non-binary. What is genderqueer? What is non-binary? We ask students and staff about their own gender experiences and how those conflict with the narrative of two distinct binary genders.
1: Okay, so first question, what's the difference between sex and gender? Um, sex? I think sex is the, um… Do you know the difference between gender and sex? Yes. Can you describe the differences? Sex is like biological, like male and female, and
3: gender is still male and female, but it's what you identify as. Alright, sex maybe like the distinction, maybe the male or the female. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. Male sex or female sex? Okay. Sex that. And then what's gender? How is gender different than sex?
3: Um, I think gender is mostly um, kind of um, based maybe on the. Um, culture and stuff like that i don't know so gender is like so out of female,
1: female or male um, i don't know so they kind of sound the same the They're same thing i don't know probably the same thing
2: okay
4: mm-hmm. y'all want to jump in by discussing the terminology
1: yeah definitely
4: okay cool who wants to take the lead on that oh
1: there we go okay so terminology-wise, we're going to be using a few things. So first, the definition of transgender we're using is a disconnect between perceived gender and actual gender, Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be surgical based. Yes, that's important to note. Yeah, so it's a perception versus actual gender. Non-binary is a specific gender identity within genderqueer, meaning that one's gender is not fully explained by the biological male, male or female, it's a combination and how they present themselves. So non-binary just think how they present themselves has nothing to do with their biological sex. Um, Genderqueer is a transgender identity first off and it describes a non-male or a female identity that encompasses agender people, bi-gender people, non-binary, and other genders. The topic of our discussion is gender identities, but the contested word is gender, like currently it's getting defined and redefined, it's like words do, so um, Elizabeth, how would you like us to define gender for this episode? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I
4: think I go back to Simone de Beauvoir, who said, like, she wrote The Second Sex. So that was a really important text to me when I was first, like, getting into social justice. Okay. She describes gender as a performance and Kate Bornstein kind of follows that too. Kate Bornstein. I lo- that's basically the perception and performance. Exactly. Performance kind of encompasses all of it. It's expression, it's how people perceive you, it's how you perceive yourself. Absolutely. Gender is kind of a category that we use to describe people's lived experiences with things like male, female, being assigned male or female at birth, or how they come into their own identity.
1: Before I cut Elizabeth off, she was about to explain who Kay Bornstein was. I've never heard of her name before our conversation, so I Googled her, and this is what I found.
0: What is it that? All right, have, remember the last time you saw somebody you couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman? Really? Remember how you couldn't stop staring until you decided? You know. it's Gotta watch, you gotta know. This is called gender attribution. It's, it's an aspect of gender. We all do it. We look at someone and go, that's a man, that's a woman. Gender attribution. Why do we have to know? We can look at someone and go, we don't need to know their age. We can look at someone and go, we don't need to know their religion. We don't need to know a person's politics, particularly to get along with a person. But we insist on knowing someone's gender. When we look at someone, we're going to go, am I allowed to be attracted to them? That's what we really want to know.
1: That's Kate Bornstein, an artist, gender theorist, author, and according to her website, a queer and pleasant danger. And gender is how you want to express your um, how how you how express. Okay, so it's a tricky one, isn't it? So gender is how you want to be perceived or yes. thought of. I like that how I definition. Think of it. That's
4: how I usually run with it because it's really hard to define otherwise. Because it's not like woman is a feeling. Like, that's not what it means. It means, like, I know myself to be a woman, a man, non-binary, or any other gender thereof.
3: Yeah. Kind of what this reminds me of is when I was getting into the idea of learning about this particular topic, um, someone came to me and they were just like, you know, gender is a social construct. I'm like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I have this body part. I, you know, that's what it is. But no, if you seriously consider it, um, when you're born, if you, you know, have x-chromosomes X you know yeah. you're, you're labeled as a woman you're labeled as a girl you're dressed in pink
4: exactly
1: opposite if you're a boy a uh, quote-unquote no. boy right so today we're recording out in the right by here Ann, by the pyramid fountain no, I don't know the official term, but yeah, <laughs> you know, what there's it is. <laughs> a little ambiance in the background of downtown Indianapolis. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry to you. Sorry, slight distraction.
3: But it's, the, it's that idea of it's the way that society has given you that label of, you know, boy versus girl.
1: Identity The fact of being who or what a person or thing is. In a few words, how would you describe yourself? Take a moment. What makes you, you? Is it your race? Ethnicity? Maybe you're an athlete, so physical ability is important to you. Some people think of their family background or class as part of their story. If you're still coming up blank, don't worry. Describing one's identity isn't always easy. For some who view their identity as strongly tied to gender, pronouns really help describe who they are to others. Name rufus xavier sarsaparilla and i could say that rufus found a kangaroo that followed rufus home and now that kangaroo belongs to rufus xavier sarsaparilla i could say that but i don't have to because i got pronouns i can say he found a kangaroo that followed
0: him
5: home and now it is his you see huh he him, and is our pronouns replacing the noun rufus xavier sarsaparilla a very proper noun
1: and it is a pronoun
0: Replacing the
1: noun, How, How many pronouns do you know?
3: Um, do I know or that? Uh, she, she, her, hers, they, them, theirs, zeer. I, I know there's that, but I can't remember all of them. But he, him, her, his. That kind of thing. I think that's kind of all the ones that I know.
1: You see a was made to take the place of a noun. all those nouns over and over
0: can really wear you down.
1: Anna, why did you just make me listen to schoolhouse rock? You may be asking yourself this very question. I'll tell you why. To remember the purpose of pronouns. See, if Rufus Xavier Sasparilla identified using they, them pronouns, we could say they found a kangaroo that followed them home and now it is theirs and they both are so happy. They, them, theirs are pronouns that replace the noun. In this case, non-binary gendered Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla. Okay, but they can't possibly describe one person. You may say. It's plural. Okay. Like many words, they has multiple definitions, which Used makes it possible to refer to a person to of use a specific gender. Specific definitions depending on a context. Also, everyone already uses the singular they whether they know it or not for example if I said I went to the doctor today you might say oh what they say or if someone said I'm going to bring a friend with is that cool your friend might reply yeah you and them are welcome to come by so Feel free to use they them pronouns for Rufus Xavier Sassabrilla and others who prefer non binary pronouns because, as Oxford approved, grammatically accepted, and writers for the past 600 years from Dickens to Jane Austen have used they to describe singular antecedents.
4: female are strictly biological and can't change like ben shapiro a conservative
2: speaker no gender is not disconnected from sex so no it is not in the mind okay you're not a man if you think you're a man for all of human history boy meant boy and girl meant girl
1: we're bringing him up because he discusses topics we're covering in this episode for all the listeners out there this is a trigger warning many of shapiro's comments are incorrect and insensitive to those who don't identify as cisgendered.
2: The idea that, that sex or gender are malleable is not true. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to modify basic biology because it threatens your subjective sense of With what you are. With minimal
1: research, we discovered Shapiro's key points about things from statistics about trans people to the differences between sex and gender, were completely inaccurate.
4: And Shapiro's argument here is that only biology defines gender. Let's revisit the definitions of gender and sex. According to the Merriam Webster Dictionary, gender is expectations, behaviors, and psychologically based, while sex is defined by genitalia, secondary sex characteristics, chromosomes, and hormones, or a combination of those. Shapiro's entire argument is based not only on an inaccurate definition of gender, but also in his efforts to actively ignore the distinction between gender and sex. Gender is a cultural phenomenon defined by where you are and at what time. Boys used to wear pink, and before that, men wore high heels and makeup. Plus, we know that binary trans people have brain scans matching cisgender members of their actual gender. So trans women have brains more similar to cis women than cis men, according to a study by University of Sao Paulo's medical school. Trans people have existed for as long as we know, and Shapiro's argument that gender is fixed doesn't match up with history, culture, or science.
3: Egypt, Thailand, Siberia, Pakistan. What is it that these four countries have in common? The idea that gender is more than two. The list goes on and on, and it's evident that cultures that have been around for thousands of years have seen some kind of rising of a third gender. So when thinking about gender, it's safe to say that this is not an idea that was sprung upon the world with the rise of social media, even though that's what some people seem to think. Cultures across the world recognize that there are people who may assume roles of one or more genders, and in many cultures, this flexibility is seen as a strength, a blessing. Such as with many indigenous Americans, the idea of this two-spirit was cherished according to historians.
2: The idea behind the, the transgender movement as a civil rights movement is the idea that all of their problems would just go away if I would pretend that they were the sex to which they claim, uh, to which they claim membership. That's nonsense.
4: Ben Shapiro makes the claim that trans people commit suicide not because of societal pressures or because of the way that they are treated by society, but that's not the case. In the Indian Journal of Psychological Medicine, there was a study called Suicide and Suicidal Behavior Among Transgender Persons. To quote, gender-based victimization, discrimination, bullying, violence, being rejected by the family, friends, and community, harassment by intimate partners, family members, police, and public, Discrimination and ill treatment at healthcare systems are the major risk factors that influence the suicidal behavior among transgender persons. In their conclusion, they say, this community needs to be supported to strengthen their resiliency factors and draw culturally sensitive and transgender inclusive suicide prevention strategies and increase protective factors to tackle this high rate of suicidality. The question isn't why trans people commit suicide, we already know. Trans people commit suicide because of the societal bullying and pressure and victimization put on them every day. What we need to be asking is how we can prevent these suicides.
2: The transgender suicide rate is 40%. It is 40%. And according to the... According to the Anderson School at UCLA, it makes no difference, there's a study that came out last year, it makes no difference, virtually no difference statistically speaking, as to whether people recognize you as a transgender person or not.
4: In this clip, he says that the Anderson School at UCLA completed a study that found trans people have a 40% risk of suicide even when recognized as transgender. First of all, Anderson is a management school. The study he's discussing actually came from the Williams Institute at UCLA. The actual study says, we were not able to precisely identify how perceived recognition by others or disclosure of one's transgender status contributes to suicide risk. Although our overall results suggest that recognition by others as transgender or gender nonconforming, whether actual or perceived, significantly increases the likelihood of rejection and discrimination, which are clearly related to increased risk of suicidal behavior.
1: But there's tons more, like all the women you mentioned. Yeah. A woman started the entire, what, like, explain the Stonewall?
4: Yeah, Stonewall was the riot in 1969. I think it was 1969. Where cops had been going to gay bars and arresting every single patron. Yeah, so And they showed up at Stonewall, and Marsha P. Johnson was like, fuck this, I'm not taking this anymore. Yeah. And she stood up and fought back. And that's what people talk about when they talk about the Stonewall riots and the first stone throne... Um, that was Marsha P. Johnson, and she was a black trans woman.
3: This idea reminds me of this word called trans misogyny.
4: Yes.
3: Ooh. That's all I got to say. Do you know,
4: <laughs> have you ever read anything by Julia Serrano? I have not. She's another really prominent trans activist. Uh, she was assigned male at birth, identifies as a woman, and she wrote Whipping Girl, mm-hmm. which is literally a book about trans misogyny. And it's one of, it's so powerful. So for people who don't know, there are forms of misogyny that are specific to other identities that women hold. Trans misogyny would be misogyny directed at trans women, like misogynoir would be misogyny directed at black women. Mm -hmm. So for trans misogyny, it's such an interesting thing because, so Julia Serrano writes a lot about how trans women benefit from having the most visibility of trans people But also suffer from that. Hmm. So there's a lot of talk about how trans men are invisible. And we don't talk about trans men. And the predominant theory is based on the fact that trans misogyny exists. Where women are so devalued that to be a traitor to your male gender and give up your male power results in trans misogyny.
3: You know when you said that the first thing that came to mind was Laverne Cox and I could not think of one trans male. One... Quote, like celebrity trans man yes. whatsoever. I have I mean, no idea. The yeah, Vern asked- Cox, Orange is the New Black.
4: Yes, I love her.
3: Uh, also, Rocky Horror Picture so-
1: Show, the new Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh. I love her so much. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look into it. You so can, now that you I can hear that. I know what he was just talking about. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, literally I'm gonna look into
4: it. Literally thinking about it, I don't know a single trans male actor or celebrity except for a porn star. Wow. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I can't remember their name. It's what is his name? Butch
1: something. Oh So, I, like trans male it's like transitioning to male. Yes. It's so like transition from
4: from being assigned to female to female, birth. female, Okay.
1: The one
4: that
3: just popped up, Chaz Bono. That's the yeah. only trans man I could possibly so name. Okay, anyway, yeah. So, you're right. And the only reason I can think of that person as someone who can come to mind is because they are the son of uh, of a celebrity. celebrity Of a celebrity.
4: Yeah, Chaz mm. Bono. And the only reason I know who Chaz Bono is is because he's a huge massage. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he said that once he transitioned, like, once he started testosterone, he couldn't listen to what his girlfriend had to say anymore because it was so, like, stupid. Wow. Yeah. So... Who are we talking about? Oh, Julia Serrano talks about trans misogyny a lot. And it's so interesting to me because then when you throw in non-binary identities, it just completely fucks up our conception of gender.
1: Yeah, and, like, that goes back to the nature versus nurture. Like, all of a sudden they they try to... It's like hitting back on the community that says we feel this way not because of our sex or gender, but because if someone, like, transitions to male and then becomes... Negative against women just because they now identify as male. That's more what is it? Is it nature or is it nature? Has it always been in them and now they feel like empowered to like just attack women or they finally look like a man? Or yeah, is it a defense mechanism?
4: I want to be a man, I want to be perceived as a man, so I'm gonna act like a man.
1: Like abuse the power like a
4: man, like how I see a man. Is that not this like strictest sense of toxic masculinity or what? Mm. It's
1: so fascinating no matter what labels and movements are made, somebody just shirks the system and just makes everybody working all this way to like make a movement, make a place, a space for people that feel a certain way or want to be a certain person, and they just fuck it all up. Exactly. <laughs> fuck it all up. And then we have to make definitions that y'all have to look up, like trans misogyny. Right. <laughs>
4: so me- there was actually a trans kid whose parents had put a birth announcement in the newspaper when they were born. Yeah. And they, he came out as a trans man when he was like 15 or 16. So, for anyone listening who doesn't know the terminology, trans man refers to somebody assigned female at birth who's actually a boy, whereas trans woman refers to somebody who was assigned male at birth but actually is a woman. So this trans man came out, and his parents were like, "Oh, okay." So they published a second announcement retracting the birth
1: announcement because they got it wrong. <laughs> like 15 years later. Yes, then, I love that's it. That's very supportive. And it I'm, is I'm totally digging it and I think like one thing to remember
3: when discussing this topic is if you're born with this genitalia or that genitalia no one's denying you that the fact that you are a male or a female no one's saying that unless you personally feel that
4: exactly like I think people get this idea that some trans activists think that all cis people need to be trans or that you're not being true to yourself if you're a cisgender person and that's not true But Kate Bornstein, I'm going to keep referring to her because she's like one of my idols. (laughs) She said something about gender where she said like, it's not black and white. It's not saying to call a rainbow black and white. And that's what's really important to know about gender. Like, gender is a social construct. It comes from culture's ideas of what it means to be a man or a woman. But at the same time, you know within yourself whether you want people to perceive you as a woman. Even if you want to be perceived as... I don't know a masculine woman you still don't want to be called him like if you're cisgender you know that if somebody called you him or he and you identify as a cisgender woman that feels wrong Mm
1: -hmm.
4: and that's what trans people go through they feel that disconnect between what they're being called and who they actually are
1: stepping away from parenting altogether why are we putting these labels on everybody exactly
4: why do we look at somebody and immediately code them as male or female
1: we've been socialized to do that yeah and why is that like simpler is is Mm. is it like a laziness thing
3: is it you know what that kind of reminds me of like the evolutionary idea of we're here to mate Mm. so maybe that's just that was just you know people's way of saying you know i can mate with this person i can procreate with this person so it's like taking us back to survival days
4: we have this idea that there's freedom in identifying as non-binary but it's not all open and free and for anybody to grab.
1: Yeah, definitely. There was someone we talked to, um, I'll play their clip in a second, but mm. they, um, Zimzer, so z zim so... Let's ask pronouns. What's your pronouns? z How would you, if you're comfortable, how would you uh, describe your gender identity?
5: Um, I'm a non-binary demigirl. <laughs> non-binary is, can be an umbrella term, but it is part of my identity. It just means not a man or a woman because you can have trans binary which is where you have a trans man or a trans woman mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then under that I guess I tend to be more fem leaning and um, demi girl is defined a lot of different ways but there's demi and demi boy and they're just kind of like kinda in that direction um, so I'm kind of on the fem side of like dead center so yeah, non-binary demi girl
1: and Next question, have you ever felt limited by your gender?
5: No, I feel, well, okay, that's a complicated question. Yeah. Um, every label comes with limits. La- like, I, so limited by my actual gender, no. Limited by the labels that are applied to my gender, yes. Okay. Um, so I think gender is how you feel, and I don't think you can be limited by that. But when you start adopting labels, um, people have expectations of how you should behave or present. Um, and especially, even when it's everyone shares the same definition, but, e- but especially mm-hmm. when people have different definitions.
1: Yeah. So it's a little hard to navigate all the labels? Yeah.
5: Or? Yeah. And labels are, are simultaneously freeing and constricting.
1: Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. I think the
3: entire idea is kind of liberating as well, because if you think about the fact that you're given this label when you were actively born you know so from the day you were born you're given this label and the idea of going against that label and of going against what society says um it goes to show you know like you're a liberated person you you going against you're
1: going against the grain you're going with what you feel on the inside versus what you've been told all your life i don't know like you lose a lot of time just trying to yeah. explain yourself instead of just being yourself mm-hmm.
4: i totally resonate with that i think that that's like it reminds me a lot of Leslie Feinberg, who did use Zimzir. Yeah, and I mean, she was born in 1949, so going as wow, far back wow. as '93 when she published *Stone Butch Blues*. Like so you said, 40 what? Yeah, born in '49. She was born in '49, and wow. before
1: segregation. That's four years yeah. after
4: the World War II. Yeah, wow. And she was using Zimzir, and we call them neo pronouns. To me, the problem is that we have to constantly explain our identities, right? I think everybody goes through that to some extent. Yeah, definitely. Even the most privileged of people still have to explain minute stuff, like what their major is in college, what they want to do with their lives. And Mm -hmm. you waste so much time talking about it. But the thing is, I don't think non-binary identities were ever given enough attention Mm -hmm. to get the space in our culture to be talked about.
1: That's true.
4: And if we had started back in 1949 with Leslie Feinberg, if people had been talking about it back then, where would we be now?